You are Locked On Raptors, your daily Toronto Raptors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome to Episode 6 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, October 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com and TSN Radio in Toronto. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and you can now follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Raptors. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Podcast for shows about 29 of the 30 NBA teams, soon to be filled out with the final show about the Washington Wizards. Uh, and also uh, Locked On Fantasy uh, with Josh Lloyd is a great show. Uh, I've been picking up a lot of steam. Make sure to check that show out as well. Um, we are now six days away from the start of the NBA season, so if you're getting geared up, no better place to go than the Locked On Podcast channel. Raptors have three preseason games left on the schedule. Uh, we're now just one week away from the Raptors kicking things off on Wednesday, October 26th against the Detroit Pistons at the ACC, uh, and it cannot come soon enough. Uh, I think we're all kind of exhausted from the preseason conversations and the preseasons, you know, the preseason scuttlebutt and uh, ready to get some real games in here. And speaking of the Detroit Pistons, they are who the Raptors will take on at 7:30 at the Palace of Auburn Hills tonight in their third-to-last preseason game. There is some interest in this game because, you know, Dwayne Casey has been talking all along as if the final week of preseason is when he's really going to gear things up in terms of, you know, using them as, you know, full-on dress rehearsals for the regular season and sticking closer to what his regular rotation might look like. Uh, So we may get some hints tonight as to what his plans are uh, in terms of how he's going to stagger minutes with, you know, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, if we're going to see anything changed up from what what we saw last year. Of course, the main pattern last year was Kyle Lowry would usually come out with about three minutes left from the first quarter. Uh, DeRozan would normally play pretty much the full first quarter. Uh, and then the second quarter would start with DeRozan on the bench and Lowry in with a sort of Lowry in the bench mob unit of Lowry, Corey Joseph, Terrence Ross, Patrick Patterson, and Bismack Biombo, uh, who was dearly departed. Um, I'm interested to see tonight if that's sort of what the what, what the plan will be for Casey again. Uh, that unit was really effective last year. Who's to say if it's going to be as effective this year without the rim protection of Bismack Biombo? Um, but it'd be it's interesting to see if it, it will be interesting to see if if Casey's going to try to stick with that. Another option he could use is to maybe use JV as a bit of a linchpin for those second units, maybe to get Lowry a bit more of a break, maybe to run Lowry with the starters for a little bit longer in the first quarter. Um, JV is an offensive option filling in for Biombo, uh, you know, with, with Corey Joseph being a sort of pick and roll partner there and the, the shooting of, you know, say Norm Powell, not Terrence Ross because Ross is still out. So maybe a Drew Crawford tonight, uh, just to sort of, as sort of a placeholder for Ross. And then maybe, uh, you, you'll see Patrick Patterson in at the four there. Maybe that's sort of a, an experimental bench lineup that we could see tonight that I, I think would be kind of effective. You know, the Raptors are you know, usually screwed when Lowry's on the floor, on the bench anyway. Um, but it'd be nice to see if there's a way to sort of, you know, A, get JV some, you know, time as the focal point of an offensive unit uh, and to, you know, not, you know, take up touches that, that Lowry and DeRozan, which are normally pretty efficient touches, would normally get. So get JV some run as a main guy, see what he can do with it, um, and get Lowry and DeRozan some rest as well. Maybe that's a, a way that Casey can sort of go about managing the minutes of Lowry to make sure he's not, you know, top five in the NBA again in total minutes played. Uh, and I believe DeRozan wasn't very, very far behind last year either. You know, if the Raptors had a full ensemble of players tonight, another thing that'd be interesting would be to see how Casey's going to handle the first big man uh, substitution situation. Uh, Jared Sullinger again is going to miss tonight. Um, Ryan Wolstadt of the Toronto Sun tweeted today uh, from practice that 
Sullinger might be able to play in Friday's preseason game against the Wizards, uh, but it's looking like it's it's pretty likely that he's not going to really ramp up until the regular season starts, um, which isn't ideal given he's you know learning a new system. He's a high IQ player, so hopefully he can catch on pretty quickly. But it's not great to see him you know pushing it to the last minute here. Same thing with Terrence Ross. Ross is not going to touch the floor again it seems until the regular season opener at the earliest uh, because of that knee injury that he sustained trying to throw down a 360 dunk in practice. So yeah, that's not ideal, but you know, Ross at least has been in the system for, for five years or so and, and is kind of, you know, up to speed with everything. So hopefully he can sort of fit back into the offense and, and defense when he comes back relatively seamlessly. But back to what I was talking about there with the first big man substitution. Once Solinger's healthy, it's going to be interesting to see. It seems like Solinger is going to be the guy who starts next uh, alongside JV. That's kind of the impression you get. And Casey was really... Uh, dedicated to having Patterson being his first big off the bench last year. Uh, And, you know, it's hard to blame him, as we talked about yesterday when it was pretty much the Patrick Patterson episode. Uh, Patterson was a huge part of that bench unit that was so successful last year. And it's hard to break that up, especially, you know, when when it was a 56-win formula and that lineup was responsible for clearing up a lot of messes that the starting lineup caused. Uh, Jared Sullinger's an improvement over Luis Scola, that's no doubt, uh, at least on the de- probably on the defensive end, probably on offense as well. Um, so I, I think Sullinger will end up starting once he's back and healthy, and it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe Casey decides to you know slide Sullinger to the five, uh, bring in Patterson, and then take JV off, and then maybe, as I mentioned, use JV at the start of the second quarter to anchor the second unit. The other thing he could do is he could you know pull... Uh, pull Sullinger first, bring Patterson in to be the power forward, uh, run with that, you know, super effective, uh, you know, for a few minutes until, you know, with from like six to, th- to six minutes left to three minutes left in the first quarter, run with that really effective uh, starting five for potential starting five, I guess, what I would like to see be the starting five of Lowry, DeRozan, Carroll, uh, Patterson, and Valanciunas, roll with that for a little bit, maybe, uh, you know, put, go, put a little run together before the end of the quarter before you're taking guys out to, to start resting them for the second quarter, um, you know, maybe we see that, and then Sullinger in the second quarter sort of assumes the role of backup center, and maybe, you know, a guy like Pascal Siakam gets in with some minutes at the four, maybe they try to go small and keep Damari Carroll out there as a four, uh, alongside Sullinger with, you know, Corey Joseph, Norm Powell, uh, maybe Kyle Lowry as well. There's lots of things that Casey can do. He, I mean, he's not totally, you know, just stocked with, with big man depth, but he's stocked with big man versatility, I think. And, you know, be, being able to slide back and forth between the four and five in Sullinger's case is going to be really useful for Casey this year. Uh, and I think tonight will tell a lot about what his sort of plan is going to be, especially with that, you know, transition of quarters period um, where, where you know, you're, you're dealing with, you know, a, sort of an overlap of bench guys and starters. Um, and then the start of, you know, the start of the fourth quarter, more so the start of the second quarter where the Raptors really like to ride that bench unit. Uh, it's going to be, you know, fascinating to see what Casey does and to see if he tries to shake, shake things up because that's not something he's really been known to do. Um, so that's what I'm looking for from tonight's game. Uh, full disclosure, I'm going to be at the ALCS Game 5, and I may not watch the entire uh, preseason game tonight. I'll probably record it and watch it in the morning, but uh, I might not be, uh, you know, <laughs> keeping up with it in real time tonight. Uh, just full disclosure. Uh, some Twitter questions came in. Uh, if, again, if you ever have a question or a concern or a comment, you can always email uh, the, the podcast at uh, LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com. You can tweet me at WoodleySean as well, and your question will certainly get read because uh, I love the free content. 
Uh, this one comes from William Liu, a friend of the show. Who would A, participate, and B, who would win a hypothetical all-time Raptors-only three-point contest? That's a tough one. Um, there are some obvious candidates. Uh, Danielle Marshall was just awesome <laughs> for the Raptors in his brief time with the team. Jason Capono, I, you know, he was in a three-point challenge one time. Uh, I, I don't think he won it, but, you know, he was one of the best three-point shooters for a while there. I mean, Kyle Lowry's a fantastic three-point shooter in his own right. Patrick Patterson, maybe as a sort of a big man candidate alongside Danielle Marshall. He's sort of a, a light version of Danielle Marshall. Um... Yeah, so if we're gonna go with like the, the, the traditional eight-team field, as Will as Will is sort of pointing pointing out here, um, maybe we go with uh, well, I mean, Pedro Stojakovic played two games for the Raptors, so he's there. Uh, that's one. Jason Capono definitely will be there. Uh, Mike James in his uh, seventy-nine games as a Raptor shot forty-four percent from three. We'll throw Mike James in there. Uh, Steve Novak would be in there as well. He, uh, you know, one of the better three-point shooters in the league still. Uh, so that's, we'll put that at four. So we're at Stojakovic, Capono, Mike James, Steve Novak. Number five, let's go with Anthony Parker. In 235 career games, he shot 42.4%. Very impressive from him. So that's five. Uh, number six, we'll, th- we'll throw in Danielle Marshall with his 41% career clip with the Raptors uh, in 131 games. After that, uh, let's mix it up. Let's have some fun. Let's throw in Louis Scola, who in his one season with the Raptors shot 40.4%. Uh, a very respectable mark. And then for the final guy here, let's throw in Del Curry, who, you know, obviously spawned uh, the greatest shooter of all time. He shot 39% with the Raptors in 194 games. Uh, put him there. Some not- notable guys who got left off. Jose Calderon, very good three-point shooter. Matt Bonner, <laughs> in his own right, was a great three-point shooter. Marco Bellinelli, uh Terrence Ross, those guys were... I mean, there's been some good three-point shooters in Raptors history, uh, but those are the eight. We'll go with Stojakovic, uh, Jason Capono, Mike James, Steve Novak, Anthony Parker, Daniel Marshall, Louis Scola, and Del Curry. Uh, next question comes up. Asad Alvi, who would win an all-time Raptors dunk contest? So, so, so we got some synergy in terms of the themes here today. Um, for me, I think it's Jamario Moon. That guy threw down some ridiculous dunks in his short time with the team. Uh, you know, he was never a very good player, but he only played 132 games with the team. But man, there was some, I mean, he had you know, the Super Jamario. He had the, I mean, the Moon name itself is such a great name for a dunker. And he, uh, he was right up there in terms of high flyers the Raptors have ever had. So let's go with him. Uh, notable, uh, I guess shout out to, to Kyle Lowry for his dunk in the All-Star game. Uh, <laughs> also, the Raptors do have two dunk contest champions in their history uh, with Vince Carter and, uh, and Terrence Ross as well. But yeah, let's go with uh, Jamario Moon. He never got the chance to compete in a dunk contest, if I remember correctly. He might have. I might be totally misremembering because that was a pretty unremarkable time in Raptors history. Uh, but yeah, we'll go Jamario Moon over Terrence Ross, Kyle Lowry, and Vince Carter in the, in the final four of that dunk contest. Uh, one more question coming up here from uh, also Assad. Um, this is a, a bit of a you know absurd hypothetical because it doesn't really work money-wise, I don't think. I, I guess it's closer than we think. Um, if to get Boogie Cousins, the Raptors would have to give up Patrick Patterson, Jonas Valanciunas, and take back Rudy Gay, would you do it? That's an interesting one. Um... I think Patterson and Valanciunas for Boogie on its own is a, is a really nice, you know, that, I think that the Raptors might be getting kind of a steal there. Obviously, Boogie is, 
you know, a bit of a head case and has had some issues in Sacramento, but the talent there is undeniable. He's, you know, an unbelievable player when he's locked in. Doesn't happen all the time, but the Raptors seem to have a history of just being able to, you know, the culture here is great. The, the culture that the Raptors have cultivated over the last few years under Dwayne Casey and Masai Ujiri seems like it might be able to wrangle in a guy like Boogie Cousins. You know, Kyle Lowry wasn't, you know, a highly regarded guy around the league as someone who was a bit like a good team player. And then, you know, the last few years after, you know, a famous conversation with Masai Ujiri, Lowry's become one of the most counted on and trusted leaders in the NBA. So I'm not saying that would happen exactly with Boogie. It's a bit of a different circumstance that he's coming from. But uh, those two, Patrick Patterson and Jonas Valanciunas for Boogie would be nice. And then Rudy Gay? Why the hell not? Um, I I was kind of joking in the offseason that, you know, the, the Raptors should make a run at, at Rudy Gay just uh, just on Twitter. People blasted me for it, and rightly so, because it is absurd to think about. But um, I, do, I will say that Rudy Gay now would probably fit into what the Raptors do a little bit better uh, than, the, than he would have in back when he first came to the Raptors. You know, Kyle Lowry has become a fantastic shooter. Um, DeMar DeRozan is still, you know, they still sort of have overlapping skill sets, him and Rudy Gay, in terms of, you know, needing to have the ball in their hands. But Rudy Gay has shown a little bit in Sacramento that he can be a bit of a stretch four, and that would be nice for the Raptors to have. Uh, you know, he shot, yeah, if it's, if the, if the you know, the reward, if the reward is getting Boogie Cousins, sure, take Rudy Gay back on. Make him your six man and, uh, and and figure it out from there. Maybe you trade him once again for spare parts and the team goes on an unexpected uh, winning streak. Um, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Raptors, Episode 6. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of that uh, of the Raptors preseason game against the Detroit Pistons. Um, Hopefully we get a bit more clarity on what the Ra- the Raptors rotation is going to look like, uh, and, and that's sort of the thing to look out for from tonight. Hopefully no one gets hurt. Hopefully uh, no, no one gets added to the list of Jared Selinger and Terrence Ross, of guys who are dinged up right now. Um, once again, you can follow me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Email the show at LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at LockedOnRaptors as well. Um, so yeah, if uh, if you have anything you want to say or, or ask, just just uh, hit me up and uh, it'll make its way onto the show. Uh, again, subscribe to the show. Write, subscribe, review to the Locked On uh, NBA podcast channel. Just so much content on there right now. Daily shows for all 30 NBA teams soon. It's still 29 right now, uh, but we almost have the full roster. As well as Locked On NBA with David Locke and the Locked On Fantasy Show with Josh Josh Lloyd. Um, There's always something to fulfill your basketball nerddom needs. Uh, So check that out. And uh, check us out tomorrow. We'll be back again with another episode of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, October 20th tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for listening.